What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Hey. Hey. It's funny. I can't hear the music play from my end. I just hear static. So I was shouting, hey, hoping it was at the right time. It was close. It it sounded a little bit like a ska band for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You picked the song. Yeah, the Hayes are definitely <laughs> ska band esque. <laughs> we're at episode forty-eight, bro. Yeah, we're getting there. Two away from the big fifty. Wow, almost a that year doing I ne- this. I never call you bro. That was weird. That was weird. I thought you were saying it was weird, weird that I called it the big fifty. <laughs> it's not the big fifty, though. No, two away. Two away. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, off by two. It's like mentalism. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> off by. What's up? Four, if we're talking playing cards and weeks of the year. (laughs) Yeah, almost a whole year doing this. That's pretty crazy. Uh, So we want to, yeah, if you're listening right now, we want to like keep growing, especially since we're coming up to our one-year anniversary. So uh, let's just say off the bat, if you've been enjoying the show, if you listen every week, tell your friends. We'd love to get more people on board the Mind Over Magic podcast train. Yes, yes, please. Uh, appreciate everyone who has spread the word so far. Appreciate you for listening to us. And we got a lot to hash out today. Yeah. So I'm excited to get into it. It's been a week since I've talked to you. We haven't chatted this much in the interim no, this week. No, we usually do. And uh, I, I know things are going like full force in Vegas coming up now, huh? Coming up. Yeah. Like right now. Oh, so we're recording this on a Thursday. Tonight is my first show with increased occupancy. Oh. Not full occupancy, but increased right. occupancy. So I think instead of six feet, it's three feet. Okay. Um, this is going to feel like way different because it's a, a big increase in the number of people we'll be able to have in the room, but still distanced. Um, also, when people are hearing this, not to just start with a plug right off the bat, but this is a huge day for me because we're we're on sale now for... July, August, September, October, November, December, and the first couple days of January. Wow. So we've just put almost 200 new dates on sale for here in Las Vegas. And finally, people starting in July will be able to buy tickets for like one or three or five odd numbers of people. You don't have to buy in specific pods anymore. So I know people have been, that's probably the most common question lately. All those solo travelers to Vegas who want to see your show weren't able to do that. They'd have to find a friend and yeah, p- pretend exactly. they were in a pod together. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know we already talked about that a little bit, but yeah. you know, it's been it's been a lot of excitement uh, getting all of that off the ground. And here we are. It's by the time you're hearing this, it's officially on sale. So, so, so you're increasing capacity from what to what? So you're at what like probably 25% like before we, or we were at forty percent, I believe, and now it's probably closer to eighty percent. Okay, yeah. Or so you're almost there, seventy or eighty percent, something like that. Don't quote me. And then, and like, then, come uh, July, you're like a hundred percent. right? July, we should be at a hundred. Wow. All of all of Las Vegas, many places in Vegas are already at a hundred, but we wanted to sort of scale up and do it the right way. And also, it takes time with logistics to kind of get right. the seating map 
you know, up to speed yeah. with what we want to do. It's not just as simple as pushing a button. So because you got to reconfigure the whole seating again. Well, it's a good thing that your seating is modular in that theater as opposed to like some of those theaters with the permanent seats that y- you couldn't do anything about, except probably block them off for COVID. There's purposes. been so much seat moving. It's like, <laughs> yeah, every day I go in and it's, there are people moving seats around. It's like there's a different number of seats every day, it feels like. Now, are you going to try one of those like cool immersive theater things where you start like putting seats on stage, like in the wings, and like have oh. 360 view? <laughs> I don't think magic would go particularly well with the 360 degree viewing. And I don't even mean just because it would be like a secret's reveal, but like sightline wise, magic is different than music. Yeah. Like, a lot of it looks better front on. Yeah, absolutely. Don't you think? I agree. I agree. You know what, though? Even comedy. Also, also method wise, though. Yeah. You do. No, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. like even comedy, like if it's in the round and like for the most of the time he or she is facing like the opposite way, don't you feel a little bit like you kind of wanted to sit on the other side? I think there's just um, when if you're doing a performance in the round, you have to be really precise about your blocking because you have to be aware that half the audience is seeing your backside the whole time. I so, think it would be miserable. Yeah. Like so, I as a performer, I mm-hmm. would be in a constant and I, I don't get me wrong. I could yeah. do it and I have done it, but I would be in a constant state of, OK, got to turn this way now. OK, got to turn over here. Got to reconnect the string from me to that's a that's like a theater thing yeah to, there's like virtual strings between you and the audience that you want to keep connected at all times and sure. not let them get disconnected it's like all right gotta reconnect this one reconnect that one. Oh, that's funny i've always seen it as like a plate spinning metaphor but oh string, same thing strings make sense yeah uh mm-hmm. but there's some tips if you if anyone ever does perform in the round because i know we have friends who do like variety shows at like basketball you know halftime shows and stuff like that which is so hard to to manage but um, you know, if if it is like a circular stage, you gotta you kind of walk along the arc on the outside of it, and mm-hmm. you kind of position people at the like the end point so the majority of the people can still see. And then yeah, it's kind of you you kind of think three dimensionally that way. Um, but it's a it's a whole ordeal. I definitely recommend working with a director who <laughs> has done that kind of thing before. <laughs> if you're ever in that situation. <laughs> uh, which uh, we will tie back to a, a little later when we talk about my gig last night. But uh, but it sounds uh, like, yeah. Are you gonna get into that? Because you sent me a text. I know I said we didn't talk too much, but like, are you gonna get into yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get into it because it ended up being better than uh, I even uh, led on to. But uh, I'll, I'll talk about that in just a moment. But I wanted to talk about so so your uh, your your distance has been cut in half from six feet away to three feet away. I think. Yeah, you I think. think. But yeah, like I'm not exactly sure what the rules are anywhere mm-hmm. anymore on any given day. It's, but I can only imagine that we've been only been able to increase because distancing requirements have been modified. Right. It seems like um that paradox of like if you keep cutting the distance in half, how far how long until you get to the end, which is right. the answer is never because it's infinite, <laughs> right? If right. You keep cutting in half. So I'm just waiting like in July, one and a half feet, and then <laughs> <laughs> half of that with 0.75 feet, you know, whatever, uh, and keep going closer and closer. So I, I was wondering, are you going to get to the point now that you can be like right next to people? Are you going to take an opportunity to make sure you are in people's personal space? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, I mean, it would be great to get meet and greets back because I oh, miss yeah. doing those. Yeah. So, but like, you know what's cool now, though, is like 
<laughs> sometimes I'll get to do informal ones, which is nice. Like, sure, I'll, I'll I'll come out of the theater and you know people will be waiting at the bottom of the escalator, which mm-hmm. I don't always go the same way. So like, I really right. am glad that I go. Like, if I do bump into people that are waiting for quite some time, I am glad I went that way. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Because otherwise um, they're just waiting for nothing sometimes. Well, I, yeah, I'm sure that uh, you know it's, that occasionally must happen, and so, but um, or they just miss you, right? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Because they go at the wrong time, or you know, that jerk Matt Frago didn't come out of his theater. He must have no, known we were right. <laughs> he sleeps here. He was avoiding us. <laughs> so, like, that's fun. Except, like, I, I'm never prepared for it, so I always feel like you know I'm wearing like Crocs and gym shorts. And, like, <laughs> hey, but it's it's very raw and real. Yeah, they gotta see what showbiz is really about <laughs> it's just yeah, a show <laughs> but there's something nice about it though yeah to see you in uh in like everyday street clothes it's interesting yeah because i'm not expecting it so it's yeah. all kind of a uh, you know and i've i've waited outside of shows right for performers to come out and you know it doesn't happen every time so you don't really know if it's gonna work right exactly. you know what i mean so yeah, like there's yeah. there's just something exciting about it <laughs> so um yeah That's i don't funny. know i don't know the you know I guess I don't know if we'll, when we'll be able to bring back doing it formally, but um, mm-hmm. I also thought about what does it look like when we do, you know. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, well, there you go. That's exciting news. That'll be good. And you know, when I eventually do this Vegas trip, I keep talking about. Maybe I'll see it at full capacity. The show. Yeah. Well, you you got to come on out. Yeah, and I'll and I'll be like Matt. You can get closer. Get right up in their face. Break <laughs> break that personal bubble. <laughs> You're going to be talking crap to me right before I go on saying, do card to mouth tonight. Just yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah, do it. yeah. <laughs> I dare you to see how close you could get to someone. <laughs> uh, yeah, a whole different show. Had you of- ever seen the version that was like where it was getting borderline making out? With the audience member? Oh, yeah. I remember how close you were getting. Yeah. But like people. where the, the card would be removed by their mouth? Yes. Okay. You, I didn't know if you'd <laughs> little, seen... Little Lady of the Tramp action going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I wasn't sure if you had uh, been fortunate or unfortunate enough to witness some of that. <laughs> Maybe it's a good thing the pandemic happened to stop it before it went too far. <laughs> Something had to stop it. <laughs> oh man that's hilarious uh yeah. but uh uh yeah uh speaking of uh traveling i went home for the weekend uh to visit family in massachusetts which was nice uh i hadn't seen them in a long time so uh to actually like physically be there and not like socially distanced and wear having to wear masks it was it was it was raining all weekend so we couldn't do a whole lot but uh you know i ended up you know seeing my little niece and uh you know going to a brewery with my brother and sister-in-law uh that's great but i took my mom to the movies i went to the movie theater for the first time again and it was amazing i was so happy to just be back at the theater, seeing a real movie. and uh, Cruella? We, I saw Cruella. Yes. I might go tonight. It's good. Uh, I mean, it's it, it takes a little warming up, too, I thought, but it's interesting how they do the backstory. I mean, I'll watch Emma Stone in anything, pretty much. And she's, yeah, she's, she's great. great. And, uh, yeah, I, I know a lot of people were worried about the whole, like, the original backstory of Cruella, like skinning dogs and stuff like that to make coats. Right. So I'll just let you know, they, they deal with that well in the movie. So it's not, uh, you know, 
movies coming out from Disney now are not going to be encouraging animal harm, just to, just okay. to let you know. <laughs> yeah, like, is it going to be hard, particularly for Tiana to sit through? She was a little concerned. Right, right, right. No, no, no. I think they cover it well. They cover it Do well. I need to go rewatch 101 Dalmatians in order to enjoy this movie? I did not, and I barely remember that movie at all. Okay, and, good. And, Me too. Uh, yeah, I, di- I, uh, I did enjoy the 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 movie so it's uh stay for there's a mid-credit scene i'll just say that so stay for that oh okay we'll yeah. do and uh yeah enjoy that i had so much fun at the movies in fact i went back the next day and i saw a quiet place too so that i haven't was heard of that too. one but that's cool you went two days in a row yeah. after not going a year <laughs> i know and i'm like very tempted to start my like a a list amc stubs movie subscription pass again to just because like i would yeah. go to movies like every week and just see right you might have to start going to meetings at this point cause yeah you've been off the sauce for so long and now you're back i mean Full sounds force. like you're really trying to get in there <laughs> well movies are actually coming back now that i want to see so i'm excited uh so uh yeah might be a problem uh, i don't know i mean <laughs> movies isn't a harmful habit that's true that's true <laughs> Unless um, you really just get nothing done because right. that's what you're doing every day. But this, Matt, is how I'm able to know people who are in movies is that I see the ah. movies. <laughs> Isn't there a happy medium between the way I do it and the way you do it? Yeah, but I, I can't tell you either because we're, we're pretty much all or nothing between the two of us. <laughs> in all aspects of life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, and then I drove back to Massachusetts, uh, from Massachusetts back to uh, New York in time to do this gig I did last night. So um, I'll tell you about it. This was a prom gig, mm-hmm. and I don't do many proms. And normally when I do proms, it's usually those like lock-ins after you know the prom is over, where like the students are kind of put in one location so they're not running amok around town, getting in trouble, so forth. So they do these lock-in events. I think they call it a grad night? No, is yeah. it a grad night? They're similar to grad nights, too. Same post-prom. thing. Yeah, post-prom, uh, you know, lock-ins. I remember when we did a prom, when I had my prom in, like, high school, we went to, like, the, the indoor sports complex, and they had, like, you could do sports, you could, like, play games. They had, I think, a hypnotist or some tarot card readers or, like, it's just, like, so many of events that are going on simultaneously so that you know you're not bored <laughs> and you, right it's right. like a giant slumber party with your entire school class right yeah of course um so this is was a little bit different because this was at the prom <laughs> during right. the prom okay. so oh wow yeah yeah exactly so i mean you will never be forgotten that's what i said this audience, i said ever. you will never forget this prom <laughs> It's like being at a wedding, performing exactly. at a wedding. I, mean, I know yeah. it's a it was it's a little awkward, but uh, uh, I learned two lessons for this because I was freaking out a little bit because I was in my little like green room area, which was like the the bridal suite of wherever this location was. So now is that when you texted me? That's when I texted you because then I start hearing the music playing, and I'm like, oh no, they've already started the dancing. Like oh no! And then you gotta come out and stop da- the dancing from mentalism. Yeah, I was gonna be like, "All right," I was like so worried to be like, "All right, all you kids, stop bumping and grinding and watch right. a mind reading show now." <laughs> <laughs> That's a way to get booed off stage right. by a bunch of seventeen, eighteen year olds. <laughs> yeah. Make so, them stop grinding. <laughs> so I, uh, 
I ended up, that wasn't the case, luckily. And it's because no one told me the full itinerary. <laughs> and that okay. was, that's lesson number one. Get the full itinerary. Otherwise, you are going to be freaking yourself out. So there was, uh, that was dancing that occurred prior to the dinner. So they did stop for dinner. And then I no. was the after dinner entertainment. So okay. much better that I wasn't the reason that they stopped dancing, but food was <laughs> a big difference. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Cause normally when you do these things, it's dinner show dancing, you know, right. whether at a corporate event or any type of gala in a ballroom like this. So that's what I was expecting. So when I heard dancing happening before, I was like, everything's out of whack. This is going to be right. a disaster. Ended up not right. being a disaster. The other thing though, that was very uh, tricky and something, this is another lesson that's uh, for anyone who comes across this is uh you've probably been in this situation too of when the room is divided into two because of the dance floor so think mm. of like a long rectangular room but the dance floor is right in the middle mm -hmm. and then i'm mm -hmm. performing on the dance floor so now you've got half the audience to your right half your audience to the left nothing in front of you right yes one of the yeah, worst situations to perform because you're just a swivel doll the whole time kind of going back and forth right ties right into the with working in the round exactly it's almost as bad or worse well this is what we did to kind of solve it uh f part of the intro for me i had them be like all right Grab your chairs. Let's mm. bring them to the dance floor. You know that was smart. So then we could actually have an audience in front of me, and it ended up the crit, the students were great. They were all yeah. I bet eighty percent of them actually got their chairs up and brought them and created this giant horseshoe. It felt like I said uh, to tie into what we were talking about earlier. It felt like I was performing in the round, <laughs> like almost it was like three quarters, if not mm -hmm. more than that. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I did the show and it, it went really well. Like it went much better than I was expecting freaking yeah. out leading up to it. Uh, and right. it's just to, to cover that. And it's like, you know, you don't want to be a diva about things, but you also want to make sure like the show is going to go well, for, you know, or get the best possible uh, scenario and situation so that you can do your, your best foot forward. So the students were great. They were having a lot of fun. I even, you know, started out with like, I'm your mind reader. I know some of you would want to get back to that dancing the bumping and grinding <laughs> which you got a good laugh bumping and grinding no, i didn't actually say that oh <laughs> there were chaperones there man so what did you say to get the laugh uh just i know some of you want to get back to that dancing as soon as possible you got the laugh is good enough right gotcha uh, you, you wouldn't say bumping and grinding you feel like that would be taboo no isn't just, that what they do well that was the thing is you know especially for that age range i mean they're seniors so they're gonna be in college and i really know like the college level of humor too but like they're still technically in high school so. and they look like they're 10 now know, right to us i know right even exactly. the freshmen as i was performing for colleges yeah maybe i was only four years out of school and mm -hmm. freshmen coming in looked very young to me yeah yeah, it's true, but I so because I know chaperones and everyone were there as well. It's like I'm gonna err on the side of safety, of course, in terms of, of my jokes. So I took out some of the racier jokes that are normally in my, you know, college and adult shows. Uh, right, just to be right. fair, uh, but I realized like, oh, we we're gonna cut down the show a little bit, um, just because I wanted they wanted to get back to dancing and they were fine with that. But then I ended up doing the just about about the same amount of time anyway. And I realized this is like the longest chunk I've done since like the pandemic mm. without the mask and everything. So I don't know if it was just me wanting to improvise more with the audience because I'm actually having like that opportunity to do so and haven't had a real kind of performance like that where 
you know, I'm I'm free to really just like break out of the act and talk to people. Or if it's the fact that I just haven't done my act too many times since the pandemic that it's not as tight anymore. I don't know if you feel the same way doing your show, if there's like moments where it doesn't feel as tight yet. And obviously it'll get there the more you do it, but it's just like we're we're still getting back in the swing of things after being in lockdown for a year. So uh, those were just interesting things I noticed while performing for myself. Yeah, definitely certain things didn't feel it tight as tight for like the first... Uh couple of weeks um and it just depends on which part of the show like some things are newer so those things are still being figured out really i'm still trying different things with some of the new stuff so that stuff might not be quote unquote tight it's imperceptible from the audience perspective that's what i was gonna say yeah it's only from our perspective because like the audience still really enjoyed it and they don't know the difference it's just like we've been performing for so long we could tell like oh yeah that could have been a little bit more (laughs) you know uh you know tighter than you know what what happened that night and so forth so it's funny there's nothing better than it being um tight but like i also like a certain level of looseness as well right well that's where the improv comes the tighter in for it my is, show. the more you can be loose. This yeah. is sounding like really weird. <laughs> yeah, I wish there was like, other showbiz terms. We could... <laughs> I know that's why I was hesitating. I was like, yeah, it's always better when it's really tight. Let, but, let's not yeah. let's not get that explicit <laughs> tag again. <laughs> but it is true. It sounds like an oxymoron or yeah. something. But like, the tighter it is, the more opportunity. Uh, you know, certain people are just giggling through this whole section. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> the tighter it is, the more loose you can get it <laughs> on any given night. But it's true. Yeah. This is going to be the clip I'm going to excerpt. No. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear what Vegas headliner Matt Franco said on his latest podcast? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Here but we are. I do think those are important lessons, especially as we're getting back into live performances. And as, if you, you know, it's one of those things that I know is going to be in my bag of tricks now if I ever get that ballroom situation. Because, again, Normally, in the rider, you can do so much. It's just whether people follow the rider sometimes, you know, and, you know, sometimes I can't change a whole room layout to be the best ideal uh, Mm -hmm. performance situation. So you're going to always come up to those moments where you know the, the the dance floor is where it is and the tables are where they are but to know you can reach into that bag of tricks to be like all right everyone grab your chairs let's mm-hmm. form an audience and hopefully they're all game you know I, I i i imagine that's harder to do at maybe like a corporate setting but uh you know the right the students were gung-ho and all about it so uh props to them and they were a fantastic audience so i had that's a lot great. of fun all dressed up looking classy Oh, yeah. All fancy gowns and tuxes. And, yeah. Did any sit on the ground? Uh, I think a few were trying to, and the DJ was like, no, grab a chair. What are you doing? <laughs> gotcha. And the DJ ran your sound? Yeah, well, I ran the sound. We just hooked it up through his system and everything. And through he was his very PA? Nice. And, yeah, he was very encouraging to get the show to, to be the best it could as well. So Like a hype man? Yeah, yeah. He was great. He was real awesome. fun to meet. So. So hey, yeah, good. I'm glad you had a first good long gig back, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the, I mean, that's the difference. Maskless versus not maskless and like socially distanced versus not socially distanced because, you know, here in New York, we're pretty much anything's game now. Right. <laughs> the world is opened up. So uh, and J- Jersey, I guess, too, where the gig was. But uh, but yeah, we had a f- so fun, a lot of fun. And even after the show, and I was going to ask you because I'm sure you've 
this happens to you all the time. There's a couple like students that came up and were like, yeah, we do magic at school and we love the performance and, you know, we do tricks and everyone likes our tricks that we do. So it was fun to see, you know, some people and encouraging. You always got to remember, even though the, the situations in my head were like, this could be a disaster. It ended up being a great show and you still got to put your you know, give it your all and do your hundred percent. Cause you never know who's in the audience. Like there's young up and coming magicians who are seeing you perform and you can't like beat yourself up over a gig or, you know, let people know that, you know, Oh, I could have been better if this had happened or whatever, because like they're, they don't know they're, they're what they're looking up to you because that's what they're aspiring to be one day. I think. Do people ever want to perform for you? Like they say, can I show you a trick? No, maybe it's that vibe I give off that I don't want to see a trick. <laughs> so I'm giving off the opposite vibe of that. Do you get that a lot? Like after your shows, can I show you something? Yeah. Yeah. And what do you, what's yep. your response? How do you approach that? I say, of course. Yeah. Well, to be polite. And yeah. have you been fooled by anything? Like every once in a while, I'm, I'm assuming most of the times you're like, oh, I know this, I know this, I know this. It's but, almost always like the, yeah. the 21 card trick or like the four jacks robbing the bank or something. Oh, yeah. Like one almost of the first always. couple tricks people learn. Which yeah. Great. So like it just would never have crossed my mind mm-hmm. like when I was going to a show to like want to show something. But it's yeah. interesting that that confidence is there. I did have one instance that was really fun mm-hmm. where and this was um you know, a magician, he wasn't doing the 21 card trick. He was doing a trick called the Biddle trick, which is like, you know, a step up from the 21 That's card trick. Different than the Diddle trick. It is definitely different than that. <laughs> I did not invent a packet trick. <laughs> but I could see it coming from a mile away. Uh-huh. So I, I knew where my card was. I selected a card. It was put into the middle of the deck, but like I had tracked how it was controlled. Mm-hmm. and the deck was handed to me other than like five cards and my yeah. card was supposedly in those five cards that he was holding but i knew it was in the middle of the deck so i obtained a pinky break where my card was and i did a side steal oh and you... i stole the card out of the deck into my palm right in front of him so he vanishes <laughs> my card from the five cards now there are only four there and then he takes the deck and spreads through and it's not there face he's supposed to be facing the opposite direction and then i produced it and it was a huge hit. I mean, it was like it couldn't have gone over better. And I know that because I think he had people he was with filming it. Yeah. Um, so the, the video does exist because I was tagged in it. Like, so it exists somewhere on Instagram. If you go into like things I'm tagged in, you can actually find it. And like everything I'm saying is beat for beat true. Like you can watch me if you know what to look for. Yeah. Watch me side steal the card, back palm it, <laughs> produce it from nowhere. Um, yeah, it was really, it was a fun opportunity to like, I don't know. You, know, I don't normally do things like that, but I knew his attitude was right and that he could take it. It sure. wasn't going to be like yeah. rude. Yeah. But normally I would never do something like that, but it was, was so fun. I was going to say, I'm so glad it went over well because like in essence, you ruined this guy's card trick. <laughs> I know. I know. It was almost like, it was almost like worse than heckling, but it was done in the right way. If you, it, you know, yeah. if, you, if you were to see that, I think you would agree. Like, if yeah, you read it, was, it right. It yeah. That's, that, that's, that's, that's the important part because well, otherwise... it was also a mind blowing effect because yeah. he was a magician who had chops. Right. Yeah. He like I said, this wasn't the 21 card right, trick. This right, was a right. trick that involved moves. <laughs> so like to, 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 to like do those complicated slights, right in front of someone who should see it <laughs> right. was even more, you that's, know, um, gratifying, funny. but not just to me, but to him as, as 
someone who wants to experience mystery and he's at a level where he probably doesn't experience it very often. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Once you get to that point. And I, and I want to emphasize that this was a rare occurrence and that's not something people should do because I've definitely been in the audience for other magicians and other mentalists. And when you're the, the person that, you know, you're the, the volunteer, the participant, you know, I do my best to be just a lay person so that the effect goes well, right? I'm not trying mm-hmm. to sabotage. Oftentimes it's like stuff I do know how it works and I could easily, if I wanted to, you know, change my mind about a card or, you know, do <laughs> yeah, some, you right, know right. a word I'm thinking or whatever and uh, just ruin it and make them look bad. But no, it's like I've been there. So, and I'm sure I've uh, used other magicians unknowingly, you know, as right. my volunteers. So I want right. the same courtesy when right. I'm a performer as well. I'm so, just saying if someone yeah. side stole my, the selection out of the deck, I would have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's, you know, Steve 40 or something. I, I mean, like, you know, there's I, some people I probably wouldn't have seen it. But I'm going to I'm going to emphasize one more time. This is not an invitation for you to go to Matt's show to try side steal your side card, out steal of the deck. card out of the deck while he's performing for you. <laughs> <laughs> he will see it and then you will ruin the effect for the rest of the audience watching. <laughs> I think I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure how I would take it. I think I'd be. Yeah, I don't know. Wow. I'd probably be. I mean, I think I'd be impressed if it was done well. <laughs> I think you got to call it out at that moment, and then you're just oh yeah, yeah. No, I'd have to say like yeah, yeah I'd yeah. have to call attention to it for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just picturing this podcast now, just getting a slew of people coming trying to mess with you while you're performing. On stage. Oh my we, gosh, we don't want that. Th- we do not. I hope want I didn't that. open that can of yeah, worms. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> Speaking of cards, though, I also wanted to point out I finally got uh, the shipment because I kickstarted a deck of cards that I normally don't do this, but uh, uh, a friend of mine designed them. I'll show you them as well. But uh, Jesse Feinberg, who I think you know, mm-hmm. uh, very talented magic creator, uh, invented or not invented, but he designed a pack called the Lucky 13 Cards. Uh, which you can see here, Matt. And uh, if you want to check them out, um, they're actually posted on my Instagram as well. But you'll notice there's no face cards. The cards oh. go one up to ten like normally, except the aces are ones instead of an mm-hmm. ace. And then you got instead of jack, queen, king, it's 11, 12, 13. So mm-hmm. what was nice is when I posted these on social media, someone also pointed out like, it's kind of cool that they're gender neutral cards. Like you don't oh, have the right. Is that yeah? Wow, I didn't king. think of that. I don't think it was an intentional thing, but it's a added benefit, especially if that's you know you know um, how people are looking at things. By the way, Happy Pride Month. Uh, you know, be a good ally uh, for June. Yeah. So you know uh, that's just an added thing, but also it's really cool just having a thirteen spot card as like a normal card because I know there's like gag cards in other decks you know, the 13 and a half or whatever, they were used kind of as gags, but it's really kind of cool and they all look nice and there's a nice little black cat as the Joker because they're, you know, Mm. lucky 13. So if you want to check those cards out, I know there's like a limited supply so you can support Jesse uh, Feinberg with his, um, I think it's just lucky13cards.com and you can check that out. So just want to do a quick plug because I I don't normally buy cards, but these are really cool and I wanted to play around with them. Love it. So, Matt, but I think we're uh, ready for your riddle. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric 
and up stumping Matt Riddles. All right, Matt, you ready? Yes. Okay. It is against the law to bury a person in Utah who is permanently living in Nevada. True or false? It is against the law to bury someone in Utah who is what? It is against the law to bury a person in Utah who is permanently living in Nevada. True or false? Yeah, that would be capital murder. <laughs> you got it right away. <laughs> it's one of those, like, uh, there's that classic one of, like, where do, a plane crashes on the border between two states. Where do you bury the survivors? Right, yeah. Like, you don't yeah. bury the survivors. <laughs> so right. the fact that, yeah. But, but the wording of this one's really good because it's, like, if you were permanently living in Nevada. Like, it's just, like, kind of, like, where you're residing, right? Nevada. No, no, I said it right twice. I just went back. <laughs> said it the wrong way. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's false. It's illegal to bury a living person. So there you go. Well done. You Thank were waiting you, for that. Are uh, you ready for Matt to pick up the question? Let's do it. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready. Time to use his wit. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Trivia, pressure, trivia. Here's your question, sir. All right. Ready for it. There's no business like show business. True. Is a song <laughs> from what play? There's no business like show business. Um, I won't sing anymore because I don't know if we can afford the rights. <laughs> That's the reason. Oh, that, yeah. this is something I should know. Um, hmm. uh, are there choices? Yes, indeed. Yeah, let's hear them. A chorus line? Yep. The producers. Mm-hmm. Annie, get your gun. Mm-hmm. Phantom of the Opera. Wow. Um. Ooh. Those weren't any of the ones I was expecting. Um. And I know I have a lot of friends who are big musical theater people who are listening who are probably screaming at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> um. What is that from? There's no show. There's okay. It's definitely. I don't. It's not. In the style of Phantom of the Opera at all. Um, what was the third choice? See. Annie, get your gun. It mm, doesn't seem like that would be appropriate. That's a, like a more Western. Chorus line is literally about showbiz. And so is Producers, though. But I think it's an older song than Producers. So I'm going to go with A, a chorus line. That is incorrect. Oh, no. <laughs> It is 1947's Annie Get Your Gun. Really? I have never yes, actually sir. seen Annie Get Your Gun. That was no, for you you giving me the correct answer. <laughs> I did the <this. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know like a few songs from it, but I've never seen the full thing. So uh, I obviously know that song, but I didn't have the two connected. Wow, that was a tough one. I know all the songs from um, A Chorus Line because yeah. in college, I participated in a play that was like loosely based on it wait i didn't know you did any acting or plays or anything i did i acted in it for two wow. years and then i directed it for two years whoa what is this pro was it like a one act kind of program like what was this tell me yeah, all this about was it. for the orientation program so we actually oh. performed it we performed it like eight times throughout the month of june sure so yeah. it actually, like, we actually got good at it and in the swing of it. And there was a live pianist and this is at URI? live singing at University of Rhode Island. Yep. And yeah. uh, we used to perform it for the incoming students and their parents. And, 
had all the same songs as a chorus line, mm. um, except that we changed the lyrics. Yeah. To be like about being a new student at, at URI. Yeah. So the scene was a classroom and there was a professor. And then um, what do you call a professor's assistant? Like the, uh, like the TA. The TA. Yeah. I guess my role was the TA one year. <laughs> and then the following year, I played one of the students, Phil E. Cheesesteak. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I was like the cheesy character who was like, uh, thought he was really cool. This is the level um, of writing. At I was like a Guido <laughs> the character. The URI orientation team. <laughs> What's that? Say that again. So that was the level of the writing for the URI orientation. Yeah, and team. if you go, if you if you attend University of Rhode Island this coming fall, I bet you the play is very similar to what it was then. <laughs> but we has, made some good changes to it. We changed had, over the years. <laughs> it, it doesn't change too much. Like there's gotcha. still the sum, the like key characters: Vinny Bag of Donuts, Sunny from California. Um, you know. It hits on a lot of stereotypes and things. Uh, yeah. Now that you, but it breaks them too. Chorus line is like, yeah, kind of a like a dour, like it's not an uplifting show. So I, I, the show business song is an uplifting song. So that doesn't seem like it would have fit anyway. Right. uh, Right. But uh, yeah, those orientation, like I'm entering orientation season. I'm already got a few and coming up like next month that I'm gonna be flying out to and performing. Uh, for but uh yeah sometimes you have to follow these orientation leader uh performances this like, had costumes and everything this wow, was like I, uh, yeah like, like, like i've out, huh? i've performed at college orientations all over now granted yeah. this had this was in the morning so this was not like at the same time we would have done entertainment at night right, right um but i mean i've never seen another school do something like this although i know it does exist yeah, because I think this was an idea that was picked up many years ago. Because when I went to URI as a student in 2006, I saw this play. Mm-hmm. So and it was so it well precedes that even. Um, I believe it was picked up from a NACA type thing or a NODA type thing, sure. NODA, yeah, National Organization of Orientation some directors. I I don't know what the acronym is, but probably not in that order. To no, get, no, but it's up. where they pick up ideas for what they can do on their campus exactly. to right. make their experience phenomenal. Right, right, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've definitely seen, you know, not that particular play, but other other, you know, orientation plays where they're, you know, warning people about, you know, the dangers of drinking, excessive drinking and consent of course is a big thing and like so they're trying yes. to lay out all these things that students should be aware of, but in a fun and entertaining way. <laughs> oh, I did one of those too. Did you? Yeah, that was a smaller one though. Yeah, it was called mm-hmm. Real World. The Real World, which like was like based MTV on because that show was kind of popular back at that time right. uh, as a reality show. And um, yeah, you'd get a kick out of the videos of this stuff because you recognize some of my friends who were in it as well. Wait, you have videos of this? <laughs> oh yeah, like the 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 one <laughs> that was a chorus line was a big deal. Like that wasn't a small. We performed it for a thousand people, you know. Um, every time, every show. So Matt, uh, we've been talking a little bit about maybe we're, we're gearing up to try and maybe launch a Patreon. I'm just thinking maybe this oh, is- Oh, access a, to this, the footage. This is a maybe a benefit <laughs> to, to put this in like a, a video section on our yeah. Patreon of you doing your <laughs> URI orientation skits. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because the I I made a great little video. I edited together a whole montage of like my final year when I was a senior. But at that time, I was directing it, so I'm not in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is footage somewhere of of when I was actually in the play as well. I just wow. don't have it. That's amazing. Yeah. 
I had no idea about that. That's so funny to me. <laughs> Check out the activities fair too. It's a great way to sign up. That was wow. one of my that was one of my only singing lines that they gave me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And by the way, I do say skit when it comes to these because like I'm a snob about the word sketches, but these sure. are def- def- these are definitely skits. <laughs> yeah, this is this is even loosely that. Yeah, no, but it was good. We had some talented singers and everything, and sure. like funny moments built in. It was, it was a, it was a fun thing. We worked really, really hard on it. It was choreography mm-hmm. and stuff too. Yeah. Now, yeah. following that with your performance is always interesting. That if that that kind of performance is your opening, <laughs> which right. happens a lot, you know, right? When I'm, especially at the you know August months, you know, orientation leading into the into the school year. So. Uh, I've had I've I've definitely sat through plenty of these types of performances, <laughs> getting ready to do my show immediately after, which is mm-hmm. very fun. Uh, we very used fun. to do a talent show. So so before I started, you know, um, performing at the URI orientations, mm-hmm. we used to actually just do a a a, stu- a talent show. So basically, anyone who was there as a freshman that wanted to share their talent on stage could. And you know, you have orientation groups of ten or fifteen people. Did you ever do anything like that when you went to orientation? I don't even remember my orientation when I went to Ithaca. Like, yeah, you don't remember. No, Let I, me tell you, what an inexpensive way to like have an hour and a half yeah. of entertainment. Yeah, exactly. Although you have zero control really over what's going to happen and like how out of control some of the stuff might be. So I think it was a smart move when they started actually booking actual entertainers <laughs> yeah, to just come in and do a show during exactly. that time. I know there was definitely talent shows at some point, like, but that was like during the normal school year. Uh, and the only thing I remember from like orientation was like meeting a few people that were like your orientation friends, and then you, I like never saw them again. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. was it I, overnight for you? Or no? I think so. Yeah, I think okay. I, the 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 story of my orientation that I do remember was uh, it's so funny, it's so telling that uh, my orientation leader on the floor, we were staying in the dorms overnight. Uh, really went all out, and he had a movie trivia bill like bulletin board for anyone to like answer. You're supposed to like write down your answers and slip it under his door, and like you get a prize. And through all the sessions that year, two people filled out the movie trivia, and I was one of them. And the other one was a kid I ended up meeting because we both ended up going into comedy club as the activity, you know, the extracurricular activity club. Uh, we so we met there, and yeah, we the orientation was leader was like the president of comedy club, so it was a way to weed out like-minded people. Right. <laughs> but again, of all the people that stayed in his dorm all summer, two people, and we all ended up like hanging out together. So, <laughs> and he's wow. still a good friend, the, that orientation leader. So, <laughs> wow. But uh, yeah, that's so funny. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Matt, about uh, you brought it up a couple episodes ago. Uh, you did a uh, interview uh, mm. about magic and social media. Yeah, can you yeah, tell me yeah, more? Basically, I, you, you said it went well, but you said that it was a fascinating interview. And um, where can we well, listen to it? And what were some of the things talked about? I'll tell you what was fascinating about it to me, and I said this directly to Ashley, who was conducting the interview. And again, this is. This is for a rec- this is for a trade book. This is for she's a sociology professor, so this is for her research. Gotcha. But um, and it, and it might get you know it'll probably get published somewhere where, uh, like the Economist, I think she said, or Ooh. some things like that. Fancy. Have you heard of that? You familiar with that? Yeah, the Economist. Okay. It's a pretty okay. well known publication, man. <laughs> Got it. Good. It's to just know. like Denzel Washington. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said some of the things I said. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I was pretty raw and real about how I felt about everything that she asked. But um, what I said to her, frankly, was like, who cares about this? Oh, interesting. Why is this, why is this topic of interest to you? And who do right. you think it'll be interesting to? And I guess she just basically answered, you know, I guess one of the parts of like her job that he, she enjoys is that she has the freedom to explore whatever the heck it is she feels like it. Right. So, like, just, it just to clarify, necessary. the topic was about magic. You like on the YouTube videos, maybe the Facebook videos people have seen uh, the, the kind of cover. Yeah, yeah. It was hard to really tell exactly what the, 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 the topic, like I was trying to like, what do you, I, part of it was like, okay, what are you trying to get at here? What are you mm. digging for exactly? What's your like, thesis statement? Yeah. Yeah, right. What's your thesis? Right. That's what I should have asked. <laughs> um, it, she definitely like seemed to take an interest on like, what are the rules that mm. govern like what you can and can't do? So for example, what is exposure? Right. That's a big thing when it comes to internet magic. We've touched upon it before, but I, it's, it's so, I was just having this conversation with someone else about uh, so many magicians are so concerned about exposure on the internet right it really doesn't matter and instead no. they should just be working on their own acts and individual original stuff <laughs> right <laughs> you know but just uh, like as an example i immediately referenced the mass magician and right. she hadn't seen that before right that was not a even whole a clip generation ago <laughs> yeah no but i was like well in order for us to even talk about this you kind of have to go back mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like in order to understand where you are you gotta understand where you came from right Right. So, like, you have to understand, like, an earlier iteration, at least, that immediately preceded the one that we're in now of, mm -hmm. like, quote-unquote mm -hmm. exposure number one. And then, like, also what seemed to be part of the thesis was, um, what, she, basically, she felt like, which I'm sure she, like, had heard this from some of the other people she might have interviewed, was, like, why are there different rules for different people? So, in other words, why is exposure okay if you're publishing a book that's available? Right versus if someone posts it here or there and like to me the answer is obvious on that money it's intention no oh. i mean it's not even just the paywall <laughs> no 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 but I it's know. the intention of like yeah. and that's why i reference mass magician because the thing about those shows if they were done from like a scientific perspective magicians might have reacted to it differently um mm -hmm. or a psychological perspective or whatever but yeah. instead it was like this very malicious ha 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 not so magical is it that's a good After impression would... of the, the narrator. <laughs> right, sure right. Like, yeah, what was his name? Uh, yeah. <laughs> gosh, I should know it. Yeah. This, Mitch this Pileggi. Seems, yeah, this seems right up your uh, your world's greatest magic trivia knowledge. Yeah, Mitch know. Pileggi. Yeah, and he would say, <laughs> not so magical after all when you know the secret, is it? And it was this very like malicious, that's the best word I could use. Yeah, condescending uh, tone of the art form. Yeah, like, oh, this isn't so cool after all. Like, yeah. No, false. Like, if you actually understood the psychology of why this tricks the brain, it's actually super interesting. Right. You're just like framing it differently. Whatever. Cool. And there's a, um, like you're saying, there's a difference of sharing the love of the art form versus like talking down to it. Kind of going back to what we were talking about, like how comedians view magicians in our last episode. It's like they're like yeah. looking down because of, you know, they require props or they're using hack jokes that aren't as good to, you know, uh, that, you know, as comedians writing their own. 
but just to be like, I'm going to expose things just to get one up that they're trying to fool me and they can't fool me because their tricks are lame. That's kind of the attitude a lot of the, like the mass magician had. Did you have another example of that, by the way? I saw you, or is that from last week where it says more on comedians looking down? Did you have more examples or no? No, that was just kind of what I was looking at there of just like, Got it. you know, and, and uh, we had some listeners write in our, our friend, uh, our Bruce here was mentioning how like uh, comedians are equally as guilty as uh, <laughs> of being hacky like magicians are, especially if they're using that trope of let's make fun of magicians, <laughs> I think was a very funny point. So I just wanted to get that out there too, but uh, yeah. But I think that's really fascinating because yeah, a lot of the uh, there's some really great like YouTube tutorials on magic, mm-hmm. and you can tell that they're done with a sense of love of like, hey, you can learn this, and this is like fun skills to have, and I want to share this with you. And we were talking about money before, like there, you know, there's paywalls when you're buying books that expose secrets, so no one seems to have a uh, a problem with that like but is there a price point like what if you lower that price point to 99 cents that's barely right. paying anything does that make it you know still right? right and then also that you're paying with your time to learn this stuff especially if it's a long video and you're actually taking the time to learn whatever it is on youtube so i think there is that difference as well uh two things i want to ask you one of the questions she asked me that okay. i don't want to forget mm-hmm. let me ask it now because i'll forget and then the other <laughs> thing i want to get back to is the um, how magicians are portrayed again by comedians or in, in uh, movies and stuff because I saw one this week. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, so, let's, yeah uh, let's stay on this uh, sociology experiment. <laughs> yes. The question was, do you think, and I'm paraphrasing, do you think like, um, oh, there was a great word she used that like summed up the whole sentence and I just can't remember what that word was. But the gist of the question is, do you think that like in magic, um people can like people the most skilled in it are the ones who progress to the top it was that was essentially Mm. the question i think that's not the case for any art form (laughs) like not necessarily you know like because there's lots of talented people that are undiscovered or just don't have that you know, the business side of showbiz is just as important sometimes. If not more, it's longer word, right? It's twice as long. So right. if you're just like one of those dedicated, perfect at your craft thing, but then no one knows about you, then mm-hmm. how are you going to get to that level of success other than just random luck someone stumbles upon you? So I think I, there's got to yeah. be that hustle along with it, uh, you know? So, and sometimes, you know, we've, I definitely know very successful people whose skills aren't the greatest. So it's like, works in opposite as well so i don't think uh, the two are mutually exclu- exclusive or uh, yeah i, mutually I agree dependent, 100%. rather <laughs> yeah no i agree 100 percent. and i think the the best way of like easily proving that is the fact that there are examples on both sides mm-hmm. um people who make it very far yeah yeah that exactly. are are you know in the right place at the right time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then those that are the most talented you've ever seen right? and exactly. just uh, didn't have the same uh, preparation meet opportunity. Right. Right. I mean, That's just all. like I said, like think about amazing singers that, you know, like are probably yes. out there and there's such a competitive business that only some of those actually reached those levels of high end success that people think when they think of talented singers. Would that would that statement or question like be more true for say athletes or not really because that still involves so much luck as well? 
yeah, I think I think those are more I think think there's more of a likeliness for talented athletes because you're literally directly competing. It's hard to fake it. It's right. hard to get success by like not being good and and football. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, you can't just talk a, a a good pass game and not actually deliver on it, right? Right. Right. Uh, or but they actually literally have competitions to see who is the best. So like right. in an art form, it's so subjective of who is the best. You know, even mm-hmm. if the talent is there, if if you're judging against entertainment rather than like chops, that's a mm-hmm. different thing. Uh, but like literally, if it's like who's the fastest, you can measure that by mm-hmm. seconds of like who gets to the finish line first on a given day. So I do think that uh, uh, maybe athletes are a little bit uh, outside of that. But yeah. in terms of talent-based arts things, it's really hard to judge that success. Uh, so I think it really is a combination of the the talent and the dedication and all that hard work and skill to develop those skills. Uh, and then also how much you can market and reach out and, you know, again, finding the right people that'll help you advance your career and, you know, managers, agents, television, like it's all kind of, uh, you know, just you keep, you keep taking shots until <laughs> maybe one goes through, you know, right. The, the Wayne Gretzky quote, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, paraphrased definitely paraphrased (laughs) are are you a hulu guy hulu yes there's a movie called plan b okay i've heard of this i don't know if i've seen it who's in it it's brand new okay uh it was directed by natalie morales okay not not the dateline news anchor there's a (laughs) there's a comedic actress uh who i guess also directs uh named natalie morales they share the same name you had to have seen her in things I have heard of this movie because the tagline, I just looked it up real quick. I haven't seen it yet, but it's a twist on like the like the teenage sex comedies, but like kind of in reverse. So it's kind of from the female perspective, right? And they're like racing to get the 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 pill basically. <laughs> like I the, the, the absolutely loved pill. it. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Um full disclosure, it is the same creators as Cobra Kai. <laughs> is that why you found this? Yeah, that because they posted Fair. about it, so I saw it. So Great. that's how Love I it. otherwise I wouldn't have known it existed. I don't do Hulu. Yeah, fantastic. You're branching out because of one thing you're so dedicated to. You're slowly gonna see other movies. I'm warning you, it's over the top for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's definitely. so over the top. That genre of movie is like that. I, I'll, I'll yeah. gonna add it to my list because this. Yeah, I am interested to see. It's funny AF and really great, and it definitely like flips it on its head. But there is a magician character. <laughs> Okay, great. Amazing. That is not portrayed favorably. I can't think of like other than like the prestige or like the illusionist <laughs> of like like we were saying. I can't think of like many examples in media of Eric Eric, I have to tell you though. Like he's not portrayed favorably, but it it's also not portrayed inaccurately. <laughs> so I, I'm not kidding. It's... And like they're not even overdoing it. Like they're not making him like you know, dress like um, the yeah. stereotype. Like, the, like he's he's almost portraying a quote unquote cool magician. Oh no! But he's not cool at all. So they just held a mirror up and and just saw it for what it was. <laughs> They're not far off, man. They're really not that far off. Like, yeah, like he has like friends and stuff, and he's hanging out. He's one of the kids at school. Mm-hmm. Um, like it- one of his side plots is that like he's um. Spoiler alert, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Very active in um, like his like youth group at his church or whatever. Right. Which like also not far off. 
<laughs> right, exactly. Like, very typical, <laughs> like fairly typical, I should say. Um, but yeah, so like it definitely portrays his character poorly. Like, and people for the most part are like, especially the cool kids are definitely not interested in seeing him do magic at all. <laughs> um, which oh, that part man. isn't necessarily true, I think. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it wasn't that far off. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I'll have to watch it and see. But I'm... like all high school kids have a certain insecurity. Right. I was you know. picturing like a McLovin type character, like real nerdy, but you're saying like they're trying to portray this like cool, like street magic guy or whatever. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was definitely more of a uh, like, you know, street uh, close up, close up magic. Like he uses the word close up magic when he talks about oh, doing so his tricks. Funny. Now, did you watch the credits? Because whenever there's magic on a show or TV thing or movie. I always look through the credits to see like who the magic consultant was. I didn't check, but there was no actual magic that I recall. <laughs> okay. It was just him wanting to do tricks for people Fair and enough. no one wanting to see it for the most part or him talking about his upcoming show or whatever. And like he would often have a deck of cards on him, I think. But like, oh, that, that was pretty funny. Yeah, like that was one of the main gags was like, you know, him having cards on him again. Yeah, yeah, that is funny and easy to poke fun at, but like, yeah, there you go. Now, You're holding up your deck. The Lucky Thirteen cards by Jesse Feinberg. <laughs> but let's be honest, isn't that fair game to poke fun at? It's not yeah. false. I mean, you think back to like the forty-year-old version where he's like doing the magic trick to to the uh, to the little the, the the daughter there, and she's like, "Does that mean you carry a giant coin and an ear with you?" Right, times? right, and that is hilarious. <laughs> like, yeah, you like, yeah, that trick was cool. But that also means that <laughs> yeah. like, somewhere in those cargo pants, you're carrying a fake ear and a giant coin all the time. <laughs> it's not wrong. Right. <laughs> so I, I'm people very who torn. Do that. <laughs> I felt like uh, I couldn't really, I had really not much to say about it because yeah. it wasn't inaccurate. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, you can make fun of the truth of things. So. <laughs> if you look at a cool magician that you know, how, uh, it'd be interesting to see how far off are they from this depiction? Yeah. Well, I'll have to watch the movie and get back to you for sure. Uh, yeah. I'll, now I'll look, look forward to it. <laughs> yeah. I still and, remember when my friends and I saw, I, I saw Burt Wonderstone with a bunch of magicians in Austin mm-hmm. and at the end of the movie. And that movie is so over the top with the Jim right. Perry character being like the kind of like the Chris Angel, like over the top broody magician. And, and right. uh, Steve, uh, Steve Carell again. I, what's it with him and magic in comedy movies? Uh, he uh, He's like playing like kind of like the Siegfried and Roy-esque like over the top Copperfield kind of character. And mm-hmm. at the end of the movie, my magician's friends go, that was the best documentary we've ever seen. In our oh, life. that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Matt, we should move on to our goals. Uh, you kind of copped out last week. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I didn't push you hard enough. Uh, you wanted to download the Berbiglia podcast and you gave me nothing else. So what did you actually do this week? In, in terms of goals. Anything? Do I have to be honest as to whether or not I achieved that cop-out goal? We're just going to go on. We're going to move on from that podcast. We don't need to keep bringing it up. Uh, so just uh, give me something you did last week that was like a goal that you wanted to accomplish, and then we'll we'll set a goal for next time. Hey, look, uh, the, the big one this week was getting 188 shows on sale. Nice. Uh, getting the room reconfigured. Fantastic. Um, for for increased occupancy, uh, yeah, we're doing our very first shows back that are going to be uh, at increased occupancy tonight, which is just so exciting. So that was the big one. It's a big deal for us. It's very exciting. Um, then And coming up next week, I'm just going to jump ahead. 
want to get some footage of the new show, you know, for B-roll when you do press and things like that to have play um, as yeah, you're, of course. you know, as they're either introducing you or you're, you know, t- talking, whatever. So getting some new footage um, and go from there. That That's 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 what's coming up in the, the coming week. And uh, great. Bingo, bango. Ticketmaster.com. Uh, yeah. And there will be a link in the show notes as always. Buy your tickets for Matt's show. Um, the my goals were I, I accomplished oh, almost all of them. Chill uh, with family, easy. Went home, got to chill with my family. That was awesome for real this time. Not yeah. like you're going to visit them in a prison, like behind glass. Right. Yeah, I was wondering where you're going with that with the prison at the moment, but like, yeah, yeah, not socially distanced to actually chill, no mask. Yeah, it was fun to see them. So accomplished that. I finished the last issue of the newsletter slash magazine for the Psychic Entertainers Association. I am done with my editorship. Big sigh of relief. I am happy with the 12 issues we put out uh, over the pan. It was a good pandemic project, but now I'm looking forward to move forward and keep that momentum of writing, but apply it to other projects. So that will be uh, it's kind of an ongoing goal of mine. Uh, but then the other thing is I made a lot of headway on my website and I'm like almost ready to release it. I have to do a little bit to the ad copy still, but the design is has been set. It's now been coded. It looks great. And now I just have to uh, tweak some of the words so they it, it sounds good when you read it. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully I'm kind of like dragging my feet just like maybe one more week on it because I got a virtual show coming up. And like the way I do my virtual show, the the aesthetic of it won't match the new website yet. Ooh, so, I know that feeling. You know that? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I might keep it just until after that virtual show is done and then mm-hmm. change it all over, and then I'll change all the assets that I need to change when I do more virtual shows so eventually everything will line. That's maybe like my own little like nitpickiness. I like everything to match. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, well, if I if I can get the new assets for the virtual show done this week at some point, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll hit that go live button on the website a little sooner. But uh, but this week or next week, I'll, I'll be making that official announcement on uh, to check out that new website. So fantastic, bro! So I'll keep working on that. Those are that's my goal going forward as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, this was great. Um, definitely live life for the cast. Um, I'm I'm looking for doing some fun stuff coming up this week uh, in New York as well. And um, yeah, and uh, I have to figure out this Vegas trip. Uh, to come see your show. Speaking of Vegas, thank you for the show recommendation. I'm six episodes into Hacks on HBO. Two more came Max. out today. I got to watch Two those. Two more came out, which I haven't seen yet. Yeah. But I'm really enjoying it, and I love how it's all showbiz and Vegas related. And like, I know it's, it's in cool. your world. <laughs> it's you very s- much in my world. It's and very. You saw cool. the Matt Franco sign, right? I did. I did. <laughs> Episode two. <laughs> can you put it as a, a credit if you're just using your promo probably not <laughs> no i didn't i didn't apply it anywhere but i did see it there you go can't there really miss go. it it's there i know anytime mm-hmm. the link is shown i'm like where's matt yep <laughs> there he is well Very uh cool. if you want to uh write us an email we would love to hear from you especially since i'm getting low on riddles would love some <laughs> riddles. But if you want to send us riddles, trivia, stories, uh, bad magic jokes, we were asking for those as well. Uh, we, we're going to hopefully read some of those on the cast as well. You can email us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, and also find us on the socials. Uh, we do try and do little clips or at least let you know when the episodes are out at Mind Magic Pod. Uh, and then if you want to check out my uh, social, uh, my Instagram to see those lucky 13 playing cards at E. Diddleman. And now you can find Matt at just Matt Franco. Yes. Uh, but uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, tell a friend. Tell other people to listen. We like to like to grow even more and have more uh, more time with you all. So uh, uh, we'll talk to you next week, Matt. Sounds good. We'll see you soon. Thank you.